Hi there and welcome to a latest edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is made by fans for fans uh, and where the content is free. It is a bonus European pod tonight for these guys. We are looking at the, the Europa League tie tomorrow against Antwerp uh, in Belgium. Uh, it's not just the, 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 the pod that we have here at Jersnet. It's, it's, we have the forums, articles, social media, uh, history archive on the website. So get yourself on that. If this is the first time watching the pod or listening to the pod, then we would ask you to subscribe and put the word out there in the social media that we're there. Uh, we're live tonight. It is the Wednesday night before the game uh, in Belgium, but the, the pod will be available to stream or download both visually and aud- audibly. audibly. <laughs> On Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, so on to my guest introductions. Now, first and foremost, I'll, I'll bring in Alex. How are you, Alex? You're you're the regular guy here. I'll bring you in first. Yeah, I'm absolutely fine. Thanks, Colin. Yeah, I'm a bit disappointed that you've brought on uh, a man all the way from Belgium just to prove that I'm still the worst English speaker in the whole of Jersey. <laughs> you know what I mean? See, another thing as well, he's, he's, he's bringing a bit of hair to the proceedings because yeah, we're, a bit, we're a bit short on that, you know what I mean? So it's, it's something that the show is needing tonight. Yeah, we do. We have a special guest tonight uh, from Belgium who's going to tell us all about Antwerp and uh, that's Mikael de Wolf. How are you, Mikael? I'm very well. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, what paper is it you write for over there? Sorry? What paper, what newspaper is it you, you, you write for? Uh, Football Primeur. It's a Belgium and Dutch website. All right. Okay, that's great. And you're, you're, you know, we've got you on, obviously, because uh, Rangers are playing Antwerp tomorrow and hopefully you can give us some insight uh, to our opponents. So I'll come to you first because I know, I know you're quite busy tonight and you're looking to sort of shoot off and do other things. So I thought I'd run a, a few things past you. First things, uh, before we go into the sort of main questions about tomorrow, I thought I'd get a wee insight to how Rangers are viewed over in Belgium at the moment, especially with sort of Steven Gerrard being there. Are, are they, is, it attract, is it Gerrard and Rangers attracting a lot of press over there, a lot of attention? Well, with Steven Gerrard, you have a very famous coach, of course. He's definitely the, the most famous person at the club in Belgium. But you also have uh, Hagi and, and Kemal Roof, um, who played in Belgium. Um, Hagi wasn't very impressive in Belgium, but we're still very curious to see how he's doing it in Scotland. And Kemmerouf played for uh, Anderlecht, uh, the biggest team in Belgium, of course. Uh, and so we, we follow, we follow the, the performances of those players, but also not too much, of course, because it's uh, Scotland in Belgium yeah. doesn't get too much attention, but if they score a hat-trick or two goals, we see it. What, what about if they score a goal for the halfway line? How does that go down over there? Well, we all saw that one too. <laughs> <laughs> he, never, he never did that in Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> no, he saved that for us. Uh, I was, that was a great night, I must admit. Uh, so so in, terms of, in terms of Antwerp, the recent form uh, going into this game, how have they been playing? You know, what's their sort of form? Are they, are they a team in form and should Rangers be wary of them tomorrow night? Well, they, they changed their coach uh, in January because the previous coach, Ivan Leko, he went to China because he could earn 10 times more. Uh, and now the coach is, uh, the team is led by Frank Verkouteren, which is a famous coach in Belgium. And it did make some differences uh, at the team. The team used to play very attractive football, attacking football, but now with the new coach, they're more defensive oriented. They're not very exciting to watch. They don't create many chances, but they do get points. It's a very realistic type of football. Um, I think you can compare it a little bit with how Jose Mourinho plays at Tottenham. So not very exciting to watch, but it gets the job done. 
Um, they played against Bruges in the cup last week. They lost 3-1, but Bruges is by far the best team in Belgium at this moment, so it's not a shame. And they drew against uh, Storm Nariesch um, last weekend in the competition 1-1. Um, and the Rangers won against Storm Nariesch, if I'm not mistaken, uh, earlier this year. All right. So, in the season. Yeah, it's a... Uh, I saw Stephen Gerrard in his, his his press conference today. I think it was today, saying that they tend to play with a back five, and that sort of fits in with what you're saying there. So you're saying they're going to be a difficult team to break down. Yeah, uh, I would not expect to. The Rangers probably will have some difficulties creating many chances. So uh, I think it's very important to be very clinical in front of of the goal because they don't give away much. Um, so uh, yeah, for sure, um, but. The issue is they have quite some injuries, especially in the attacking um, part of the field. So we expect in Belgium that they will play even more defensively the first leg so they can try to finish the job uh, in the second leg. Yeah, that, that's the point that was going to, going to come on to. Actually, the Scottish media here are reporting that, that you know, the, the Antwerp are a bit depleted at the moment, a few injuries. Hey, could you give us a wee bit of details, the, the players that are injured and who are the key players that are still in the squad and who Rangers should be looking out for tomorrow night? Well, um, the injury list is quite big, actually. There are five, six injuries. Um, the most important player that is injured is Mbokani, which is the main striker. He played for uh, Norwich in the past, too. Um, he's one of the best strikers in Belgium, too, although he's 34. Uh, he's been injured for six weeks and he's, he's definitely not going to play tomorrow. He's not fit. Um, then the goalkeeper is also injured. The first goalkeeper, he will be replaced by the second goalkeeper, who is a little bit um, not very reliable. Sometimes he plays very well, other times he makes awful mistakes. Uh, and then you have some other squad players that will not be uh, fit, but the goalkeeper and the, the striker are definitely the most important players that are missing. Um, but there's also the, the case of Lamkelze, uh, also a striker, maybe the most talented player on the team, but he will be suspended uh, in Europe for the first leg. So he will not be um, playing. And, and in terms of these injuries and, and, and suspensions, will we expect to see all of them, or, or if not most of them, in the return leg at Ibrox? Um, Lamkelze will be back for the return leg. Um, the other players will probably still be um, injured. Okay. And uh, finally, uh, as as I said, you're 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 quite busy, so we'll let you go. But before you go, uh, I would be interested to hear your predictions for tomorrow night and for the tie overall. I mean, who do you think will win tomorrow, and who you think will progress through the tie? I think it's a very uh, balanced matchup. I think the two teams are, in terms of quality, almost equal to each other. Um, maybe a slight advantage for the Rangers because they have no injuries. Um, the squad is all healthy and well. Um, so I, I expect the first um, the first game to be a very, cl a very close game. Not many chances. I think Antwerp will play very uh, defensive. And they will definitely be happy with a 0-0 or a 1-0 win, as long as they don't concede, and then try to finish the job in Scotland. So I think maybe a 0-0 in, in Antwerp and then... Um, if Antwerp gets lucky, maybe a 1-0 win in Scotland. Uh, but it can really go either way. It's very close. Okay, so you're tapping Antwerp to go through? 
I have to, as a Belgian, I have to, uh, <laughs> I have to stay loyal to my country. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Mikhail, thanks very much for joining us. It's been great to have you. You know, we don't get many guests on this show, so uh, it was great to have you. And thanks for your insight. Thank you very much. Thank it's been you. Been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Good Thank you. <laughs> you too. You too. Thank you. Bye. What about that, Alex? That someone new in the show. We don't normally get that. You know what I mean? I People who guests i know i mean it's, it's bad when you've got to go all the way to belgium though colin i know i know that's and it's even worse when he's got even better internet than we've got here you know i, I, I know mean? i know and english <laughs> and english <laughs> right anyway before i i, I progress uh, any further alex i need to do my my usual bit on uh uh, the Rangers pick. So if, if any of you guys out there watching fancy the opportunity of winning a share of a thousand pound, then sign up to play Rangers picks, the new Rangers pick'em game, uh, which is available for every Rangers match. The more fans that play, the more money the club receives. Uh, so you know, if you if you if you want to do it, it there, there is the upside of that. To play, uh, please visit www.rangerspicks.com. Complete the the series of questions about the Rangers game. Uh, and if you get enough of those right, then you'll get a share of a thousand pounds prize money. Uh, you must be over 18 to play. Terms and conditions apply as always. And remember, guys, when it comes to these things, please play responsibly. Uh, and that's me, Alex. That's my, that's my uh, con- contractual obligations done and dusted. Uh, we can we can now talk about the game. But before we do, how are you doing? I've I've no real, I never really had a chance to because we had guests. You know, couldn't really I, get a small I know. chat. Uh, I, I'm absolutely fine, uh, Colin. I've just been uh, realising that I went from a dinner once to Devonshire Gardens. I went for my brunch there as well, which is where uh, Jones and Edmondson uh, were partying. And when I'm doing my wee token gesture, walking around the West End of Glasgow, wee token gesture to fitness uh, every day, I cut up that Hayburn Lane. So I'm starting to think I might just I just go about with a kind of megaphone going, is any any Rangers players partying? <laughs> any of these going to here? Trying days off ever, you know, an old fire warden and uh, you know the Second World War or something. Aye, I'm fine. How, how's yourself, sir? Doing away, doing away. Aye, the usual. You know, I'm glad the snow's away because it was restricting your ability to get out. I mean, I don't know what it was like where you are, but it was about it was a good sort of foot deep that I am. Yes. You know what I mean? But it, it like disappeared overnight. I mean, literally overnight, it just sort of disappeared. So, Aye. so that's good. Uh, on on to the game tomorrow night. Back in the Europa League, you know that we've not we've not had any sort of Europa League action since December. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I, I think it provides a sort of welcome distraction for the the, the, the the domestic stuff. And I also think we played better domestically when we were playing in the Europa League. You know, we just seem to have a rhythm and a momentum behind us uh, when we're in the Europa League. I think that's tailed off a little bit since these games have disappeared. So I'm hoping that that picks us up again. Uh, on tomorrow night, you know, it's it's the second success of season that Stephen Gerrard's got us out of the group stages. You know, he's, he's negotiated us out of those group stages. I mean, his record in Europe is is, is actually, with Rangers, it's, it's quite incredible, you know, what he's achieved in such a small uh, sort of space of time. You know, I, I mean, I slightly disagree with Mikel. I think Rangers would go into this sort of slight favourites. You know, and if we, if we get through it, that's us into the last 16. And then, you know, depending on the draw, you know, you don't know where you're going to end up. You know, you, 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 we might end up going fairly decently, quite well into the competition. The European stuff, is that a sign that, you know, I, I think Stephen Gerrard deserves a, a, a huge amount of praise for this. You know, it's a real sign of how far he's taken the club. When you consider, you know, Pedro standing on the hedge to the second season and the, the sort of the 
you know, the knockout stages of the Europa League. It really is a testament to how far Stephen Gerrard and his staff have, have brought us. Yeah, I, I, I always remember, um, it might sound like I'm going off topic here, but I remember uh, when we lost uh, 5-1 at Parkhead in, I think it's 1998, october 1998. And it was one of those days that the kind of four-goal swings in Old Firm games weren't, weren't as common then as they, as they, as they, as they became. And I thought we'll never go over this. This is just even if we win the league this season, there's nothing we can do to get over this. We then went to Parkhead and the second visit that season, and we actually won the title there, three nothing. And you were like, right, never say never. It was that was the previous game was wiped out, and I feel we Europe probably the lowest I've ever been as a Rangers supporter. You know, when on when on field result was was that night in uh, Luxembourg under Pedro. And I thought this is something we'll take years because it'll be years before we even back in the group stages. You know, just looking at it sensibly, where we're coming from. So what yeah. Gerard's done to have us straight in the group stages the following season and have us in the group stages three seasons in the trot, it's actually got to the point where we're just we're, we're getting used to it. It's an incredible achievement. And uh, I know Gerard gets a, a bit of a slating for not winning, you know, a domestic trophy. We're looking at the cups uh, in his time here, but for me, Europe um, more than makes up for that. Um, it's 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 the way he's grabbed the club by the hair. He's he's got his even the first season, you know, beating Rapid Vienna at home, drawn away to Villarreal, you know, drawn at home with ten men, and just the consistently great results against massive clubs. It's like he's saying to everybody, "This is the standard. You have no excuse." He's saying to every 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 player within the squad, "Yeah, this is this is what you can do." Um, so when you when you're launching a, a bid to to win the the Scottish title, when you've been beating Feyenoord and Porto. That, it makes it so much more believable for the players, you know, and it makes it so much more believable for the fans. And uh, I'm loving every minute of it, mate. I'm loving it. Yeah, I mean that that rapid Vienna night. I mean that was that was probably the first time that my son's been at a game where I could actually say, ah. you know, do you support a big club, son? And this used to be the norm, you know what I mean? And that was a special night. I must admit, I really enjoyed that. In terms of tomorrow, you know, in, in, in terms of injuries and all that kind of a thing, Alfie and Roof back in the squad. You know, big bonus. I, I think we've kind of missed them uh, of late. Don't get me wrong, I like big, big eating. And I, I think, you know, there's maybe a player in the making there, but maybe not quite at the, the, the level required yet. So a, bit, a big boost. I would imagine they would go with Alfie because, uh, you know, obviously Ruth's has, he's still got one game domestically in terms of his suspension to go. So I think you would imagine Alfie will get a run out tomorrow to get minutes in the legs and get him, get him fresh for Sunday. Yeah, and uh, I think Eaton uh, didn't really get a chance to get back properly from his injury um, with the, the suspension and what have you, and then going to Hamilton, not worth risking him on the, the plastic pitch for more than the, the wee cameo that he made at the end. So uh, I think, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Ruth, big big Eaton is a work in progress, as you say, but tomorrow it's just it's got to be it's, it's got to be Alfredo for me. Um, he's you know, he's not been banging the goals in the way we want him to this season, but he's not had to. The whole team's been banging the goals in. You know, um, Scott Arfield is like a one-man kind of, you know, alleviating uh, the weight of that for Alfie. He's he's been he's been fantastic this season with some really crucial goals in Europe. Um, no, I, I think the way he, he breaks the line, especially if we're up against a kind of physical. I think they play with a back. They've always got three centre halves. I think Royal Antwerp. So if you look at a, like a really good version of Derek McInnes's Aberdeen, uh, and we know how. Alfie can ragdoll them through the years. We're looking at him doing that uh, uh, tomorrow night. Aye. And um, I think the only danger uh, for, for us tomorrow is if we take it, if, if, if we think because of the teams that we have played, uh, even in this season's campaign, Galatasaray, you know, Benfica, these are all bigger, even standard ladies are bigger names um, than Royal Antwerp 
Um, but they're, they're a cracking old club. They're a really famous old club in Belgium. Um, I think the only danger would be if we took our eye off the ball and thought, as we're all doing, who are we going to get in the next round? Yeah. From what, from what Stevie G was saying today, the players have got a sparkle in their eye. Um, they're, they're not thinking that way. I think it's been long enough they've been out of Europe. I think they're starting to see the 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 title, the, the domestic title as a kind of numbers game. It's a bit of a, it's, you know, I think Ross was alluding to this um, in Sunday's pod. It's, you know, we're not trying to stop the 10. There wasn't a nine. We're, you know, we're 18 points clear. We're 15 points clear. There's four wins to go. It, and I think it's been reflected in the play. You know, it, the team look like they're just trying to get through a, a kind of process. I think Europe will, will spark, will, will, will liven them up again. And uh, I think it, I think this team likes playing in Europe, this Rangers team. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, mate. Yeah, I don't matter. I, I, I think, I'm like you, I think it kind of, they do, it's maybe almost a sense that it's a free hit in Europe. You know what I mean? There's not the same level of expectation. So the pressure's off a wee bit and I think the players maybe express themselves a wee bit better uh, than they do uh, domestically. Certainly recently, and that's the sort of point I'm coming on to. You know, I mean, our form in Europa League has been outstanding this season. You know, undefeated, yeah. you know, won the group uh, against a team, you know, Benfica. I mean, their budget, you know, makes their budget look... Uh, like small beer, really, you know what I mean? So to win that group was was, was really impressive. However, the, you know, there is this talk, I mean, I think it's exaggerated a little bit, you know, there is this talk that, uh, that the form has dipped a little bit. You know, and I, we're maybe not battering teams anymore, but I mean, I mean, the game on, on Saturday there against Kilmarnock, I mean, I was reading a match report on the, on the Sunday, uh, Douglas Alexander on the Sunday Times, you know, and he was making it out, all Rangers huffed and puffed and they toiled, and I thought, did they really? You know, I could I could count five, six clear cut chances that we better finishing. You know, we would have won the game. We could have won that game comfortably. It was just poor, poor finishing. So I think it is exaggerated a little bit. That said, I also feel that if we we do want to get through this 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 round and we do want to go as far in the competition as we can, the performances do need to pick up a little bit. I think for the players as well. I think there gets to, there comes a point where the players needs. I know I know we we beat Ross County five 0 uh, in that game, but I think they, they they need to know that every game isn't going to be a grind. I'm not going to say we're going to go out and you know bang in you know four or five goals tomorrow night, um, but we need that soon. You know we've got the United coming up. I think the players need a wee psychological break, knowing that they can cut loose. You know. But at the same time, when you haven't won a title um, for 10 years and when it means as much to us as this one does, I don't care how many players you have, the greatest players in the world, that's a pressure you're going to feel. And I feel I feel we made a pact with the devil the first game of the season when we beat Aberdeen 1-0 up at Pataudry. And the whole second half, we were never really under any, under any pressure, you know. Um, but we were all, as Rangers supporters, watching that game and just feeling... A second goal would ease our nerves. And we were a bit nervous. It gets to the end of the game, a 1-1-0, and we're all saying we would take that. It was a bit of a grind. You know, it was hard on the nerves, but we'd take that every time. And I think since January, it's felt like that's... And a lot of December as well, it's felt like it's like that every time. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're just... And as you say, I think Saturday was a case in point. It's only it's only when the final whistle goes you look back you realise come on I can't need a shot on goal. No, you know, I'm not testing no, no. McGregor at all. No, we're winning games easily in football terms, but I think we could do with just for our own sake going forward, um, for the players' sake they need a wee three or four nothing under their belt, just so we can keep it going. You know? 
Yeah, I, I, I must admit, on Saturday, I, I mean, I was seeing a bit of stuff on Twitter and thought getting a wee bit stressed out. I didn't feel it on Saturday. I normally am quite bad with the nerves, you know, especially at this stage when we're so close to it. But I felt quite comfortable uh, on, on Sunday. Don't get me wrong, we squeaky bum moment with the, with the penalty claim. Uh, but other than that, I just didn't feel Kilmarnock really offered anything. You know, the most nervous I've been this season was that Motherwell game at Ibrox when they were one nothing up and we were struggling to, to you know to get the equaliser. That was that was brutal. That was that yeah. was horrific. Uh, in, in terms of uh, you know, I said earlier on the injury situation was was pretty good. Rumours that James Tavernier was was, was going to miss tomorrow that's turned out to be fake news. As you said, Stephen Gerrard sort of suggested today in his, his press conference that the players, you know, had a real twinkle uh, in their eyes and, and and he felt that they were ready to put in a performance. And, and you know, as we're sort of alluding to there, good, it would, it would, I think a good performance tomorrow, and you know, I wouldn't discount a victory over there because we've went to, to more difficult places. I'm not being you know, dismissive of, of, of Antwerp at all. You know, they're a good side. You know, as Michael said there, he reckons the two teams are fairly neck and neck. But we went to tougher places and, and got a result. You know, so if this team plays to its potential, we could go there and get a win. I just think it would give us that that boost, that sort of leap forward to, you know, four games to go to win the title. As you say, it looks like it's a bit of a huff and puff. I think a win tomorrow... Would, would, would springboard us a wee bit would give us that platform to go on Absolutely I think you, you look back to, to, to certain games um, in, in our European kind of odyssey under Gerrard uh, we beat um, well this this season alone when we went to Tilburg and we beat Willem Twey just looking at on the border with Belgium you know we beat them 4 nothing. that's a, a performance that's actually been underrated because of what we did subsequently you know the games against Benfica were epic you know the, the win over Galatasaray even the, the next qualifier was was amazing, but that take over there and win four nothing, and then I mean, at the end, by the end of that game, Alan McGregor was pulling off like a treble save, and just to keep them from scoring a single goal. I mean, the, the tie was over, yeah. you know, and they only got the ball in the net by fouling them at one point. You know, it was it was from what looked like a potential banana skin, in fact, a straightforward match. It looked like we were kind of equal pegging. He just blew them away. Um, and we then on the the Sunday turned up at Fur Park, and you're thinking, is there going to be a European hangover? And we battered them five one. Yeah, you know, it was like I said. And it, you know, to be fair, you know, give it some context. Motherwell, they're just trying. They'd been away in Europe, and they'd get they'd get leathered. And Israel, they were practically in the Middle East, so they'd come back for a long trip, you know. But um, I, I remember going back to that night against Rapid Vienna in Gerard's first season. An epic night at Ibrox, as you say, it was the place felt as if it was being lit up again. It was like we're getting the old Ibrox back. It was it was yeah. badly needed. It was an injection of you know pre two thousand and twelve. You know that we, that we all really needed in our bones. And uh, the following Sunday, we we had Hearts, we Hearts uh, the following Sunday at Ibrox, and we were three nothing up in half an hour. And I think Alfie kind of backheeled one in in the mid air while kind of pirouetting. <laughs> it was just like a, it was like an ongoing celebration. Yeah. So we'd showed what we're all about on Thursday night, and the guys they just took that into the following game, and they just they, they blew Hearts away before Hearts had even kind of got in the park. Um, so that 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 can happen. You can have you can have games um, probably kind of you know, the the two 0 one over Ross County this season at Ibrox. It was a bit of a drag. Um, that came after a European away game. You know we've had you know the setbacks at Fur Park again. You know in Gerard's first season, I think we played was it a home game against Ufa. We then had the three each at Fur Park that Motherwell equalised in the last minute. So there's been there's, there has been dips in performance after European games. 
But gee, to be honest, mate, I think we're at the stage now, if there's no Scottish Cup, there's holes in the calendar, there's holes in the fixture calendar. Um, I th- when, we'd, when we were beating Hamilton one nothing the other week and looking like we might still concede an equaliser, my only concern was we were only going to beat Brendan Rodgers' 2016-2017 record. Yeah. You know, yeah. if we let him, I've actually got past the point of worrying about the, us winning the title. You know, COVID-related matters aside. Yeah. You know, and I think to keep for us to stay unbeaten, uh, we actually need Europe as a kind of focus. I think we need something to keep us going, lest we end up going the same way like Warburton's Rangers did. You know, at the end of 2015-16, where we didn't really have a competitive match because we won the title so early. You know, yeah. the Hibs were still playing the playoffs, you know. So uh, it, it works in all sorts of ways, but mostly it's just prestige for the club. It's where we should be, and uh, it just gets everybody really excited and positive. On to the less positive stuff, uh, Alex. You know, Stephen Gerrard spoke today about the, you know, the COVID incident. You know, regarding players that had broken the protocols. The players were officially named today. Obviously, there was a lot of stuff doing the rounds in social media. I think you know mo- most of us had an idea of the players involved, but they've been officially revealed as Bongani Zungu, Nathan Parson, Calvin Bassey, uh, Dapo Mabudi, and Brian Kinnear. Now. Uh, at, I mean, it's, it's difficult to know where to start with us. You know, I, I mean, I know uh, David and, and Ross and uh, John sort of covered that a little bit on, on Sunday night because it was breaking news just before they came live on air. But I mean, I mean, I mean it's frustrating at, at the best of times, I think. You know, it's really disappointing at the best of times. However, when you consider what happened with Jordan Jones and George Edmondson, I mean, you consider all the players. I mean... Uh, seems impossible to me that Steven Gerrard hasn't got the players down and sat them down at that point and went, look, you need to toe the line here on this because, you know, it can damage the club, it can damage your, uh, you know, chances of winning the title and all that kind of a thing. So, I, I mean, I know a couple of them are just young boys and, and I get that, but it's still really disappointing mainly because of the previous incident. You know, they must have seen the punishment that was dished out to them. Seven game ban, and both of them aren't at the club anymore. And I don't expect they'll come back from their loan deals. You know, I think they'll they'll be permanently moved on. For these boys to then, especially, and especially somebody like Zungu, who's like 26, something like that, you know. 28? I mean, re- 28. Aye. You know what I mean? Really disappointing. Really, really disappointing. And, and, and I'll put it this way, I wouldn't want to be... In fact, I would love to be a fly in the wall when Stephen Gerrard gets to sit down with him in a couple of weeks' time. I know my, my first my first thought when this story broke, um, when it was at the rumour stage on Sunday, was just a, a fear, a fear for the mental health of the young the young players. I know there's a lot of jealousy out there, just basic jealousy of professional footballers, um, like the middle aged guys like, like me, um, who can remember what it's like to be fit and you know uh, able to play ten games a week and then and go out ten ten nights a week. It was. Uh, but underneath that, you're just thinking, if this has any kind of effect on our league title challenge, if this is, results in a, a points deduction or whatever, I would just, I would hate to be the boys. I really, I, I really would, because uh, the, the range of support will turn on them apart from anything else um, in, in, in a horrible way. Uh, I don't think it will come to that. The precedent just isn't there. Um, but there's actually a material, there's a material effect for this. I mean, Patterson, um, sorry, uh, I, th- I think when, when Zungu, for me, you've got to think when you see the way he's been playing and the, the chances he's got, um, it looks like it, it, 
you should never attribute kind of motivation to somebody when you don't actually know. But it seems to me it's all part of kind of hope, maybe a homesickness. You know, he's been in France, he's from South Africa. You know, he's maybe no settling in, that's reflected in his performances. And this has maybe led to this kind of action. He's the senior player here. He shouldn't be, he just shouldn't be getting involved, you know, in, in, in this kind of thing at all. And even if the club aren't pointing out to them on a daily basis, which they should be, you know, these boys are on social media all the time. They watch the news, they watch the telly, they know what the penalties are. They, they know what the potential cost is. They know that they're being watched all the time. Um, and any player at any club in Scotland should be watching their back. I, I, I'm not 100% with this whole kind of uh, blaming, you know, putting it all on Scottish football, putting, putting it all on footballers. You know, we're all suffering under lockdown. I think footballers are getting used as a kind of political weapon um, when they're actually doing a lot to kind of keep us all sane by going out and basically risking the life, you know, uh, going, out, going out and playing and going out and um, risking catching COVID. But, they should know. They should, they, there's no way they can't know that this is a massive season for Rangers. This is like the, arguably the biggest season in our history. And to do anything that would put that in jeopardy, and it's just, it's insanity. And uh, I just can't see any of them being back at the club. It, it, it gets worse when you consider the, the, the age and the society we live in, you know, and everybody's got mobile phones and we're all filming one another. No, it seems almost impossible that anyone who's got any sort of celebrity about them wouldn't be able to do anything without someone you know catching it on on, on 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 a phone you know what i mean or camera and stuff like that it just seems it just seems incredible uh, i mean stephen gerrard said today that he felt personally let down and i think i think that was quite strong terms and strong words to use and it says to me that, you know, there's little or no hope of any of these players, you know, coming back from this. And I suppose the one that we're all feeling the worst about is the boy Patterson. You know, he's had a lot of positive press quite recently. You know, he, there was a lot of stuff coming out about him. You know, he was getting a bit, a bit of game time. You know, he was saying how great Tavernier was with him and supporting him. And, you know, there was a feeling at one point, I think we spoke about it on here, that, the succession planning for the right-back position might already be in place. We might have someone who's good enough just to come in when Tav goes. And you see him potentially and probably, you know, piss that up against the wall is, is, is sad to see. Well, he is first understudy um, as well. There's a, there's a material effect potentially um, here for us, in, not just in terms of points deductions, but on the park. I mean, luckily, Tavernier, James Tavernier seems to be made a Teflon. He just, he just doesn't get injured. Yeah. Um, he doesn't stop playing. Um, and even if Nathan Patterson came in, we discussed this last time when we were talking about Nathan Patterson uh, in one of the preview pods, he's never going to be able to do the same job straight away as Tav. You know? But if, if Tav you know, picks up an injury tomorrow night or you know, uh, on Saturday, or Sunday against Indy United, we've now got nobody. We're now going to have to really majorly change about the team. Yeah. Uh, to get somebody in to cover them, so it's not just the, the the kind of political aspect and the you know the the, the potential for points deductions etc. It's it might actually it does actually affect the squad. It is weakening the squad, you know, in a kind of concrete way. But uh, I that's I, that's why I, I, I always have this kind of caveat in the back of my mind. I don't want to go too hard on the boys, you know. Um, but I'm a and Stevie G. You're quite right. He's, he's quite pointed. He's very he's, he's very good. Stevie G's we said before, and uh, how he gets his message across without without ranting and raving like some managers. But um, I'm wondering what's going on. There's, they're saying there's negotiations with the SFA and the Scottish government. They're, they're, they're having talks, uh, and I'm just wondering if he's if 
Gerard and Rangers are just basically saying, look, these boys are all gone. They're all they're away. That's it. You know, um, and that way we get no we, we get no kind of flack from from the, the governing bodies. Um, and if the, I think that will be the case, and I think it's it's a real shame for for them personally. But fifty five is everything, mate. Well, it's I mean it's it's not what has to be considered here is the potential of what could have happened. Aye. You know, if, if those guys had, you know, especially the boys that trained with the, the first team squad, they'd came back into the squad. And then it had been revealed that they'd been at the party. Then, you know, basically you're losing your entire squad. They've all got to isolate. We've got to send out, you know, seriously weakened teams over the next three or four games. All of a sudden you could find yourself in, in a far sort of tighter title race than, than we're currently enjoying. So, I mean, as it's, it's, it's fairly unforgivable. But as, as, as you said, you know, there's, there's, there's been these discussions. You know, I, I think Rangers have handled this quite well. You know, the, 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 the announcement came out on Sunday. We're aware of it. Or saying nothing else just now. Then Stevie G's came out today, made a statement. You know, this is what's. These are the five boys involved, uh, and we'll handle it internally. And we're having discussions with the uh, uh, the appropriate bodies. Now it seems fairly proactive. You know, rather than letting other bodies dictate, we're we're going to them saying, right, okay, as you say, we're going to the Scottish government, and we're going to the SFA, and we're saying, look, this is what we're doing. And I think you're right. I think. The, these boys might be part of a negotiation in terms of, you know, they've broke the rules, so we're going to move them on and that's the end of it. Uh, but it's good to see Rangers almost control the situation, control the narrative. And, and, and I don't think that's something we would have done maybe two, three years ago. I think this thing would have blown up more than it actually has. No, and I think uh, it's one of the few, like, like alluding to, it's one of the few situations in our history where you're glad the players have been caught by the police. You know, yeah. um, because if, if if they're doing that, and it's a terrible thing to say, and this is this is why they're they're, they're gone really uh, from Rangers because you can't trust them. If they're doing if they're partying like that in the first place, amid all the publicity about COVID, amid all the warrants they've undoubtedly had, uh, Ibrox, you don't know if they're going to then come in on the Monday morning and go to training and not say anything if they hadn't been caught by the yeah. police, basically in both instances. And then we're looking at the whole squad getting into quarantine, uh, you know, having to self isolate for a couple of weeks and that's you know, I don't know if that affects us in Europe you can see us out of Europe, you can see us out of the you know, not, we're not, we've, got, we've got enough in the bag in the league, but it, you know it can end up costing us points, the way it costs Celtic points basically when they come back from Dubai uh, and costs us points on the field as opposed to any retrospective punishment but yeah, I think I think, I think think it's over I just wouldn't trust, the, the pressure everybody is under just now, government football authorities, I'm just hoping there's aren't trusting the SFA and the Scottish government too much um, I think we should continue to be proactive about it. Um, I don't. I think we should be making a, a slightly more severe statement, you know, um, about what's happening to these guys, uh, just so it's all it's all out there in the open, you know. Because I, I just I, I wouldn't trust the, the way things are going just now. It's everything's a reaction. Um, policies, you know, in the SFA and in the Scottish government is a reaction to public pressure. Yeah. Um, and we've seen how that's worked in the past so I would like Rangers to keep maybe another wee statement you know um, in a few days time just saying aye, that they're all officially done yeah. I, th- I mean I think you've got a good point there I mean I was speaking to someone the other day about it and it does feel a bit harsh that how can I put it that, that this is an industry problem when it comes to football when football players you know break protocol rules you know if, if these were plumbers and joiners, would, would the first minister be stating, like, you know, the plumbers and joiners better get their house in order? I don't think she would be. You know what I mean? It's, it, it seems to me, if, if it was the clubs, fair enough, you know, if, if, if 
if the club was doing something, you know, that, that, that led to this, but fair enough. But these are players in their spare time deciding to break the protocols that they've been given by the club. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it does it does feel a bit overly political, which 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 isn't isn't so good. But I'd, so far, I've been I've been quite impressed with how the club uh, have handled it, and I hope that continues. Final point. Uh, before we go tonight, Alex, there's been another issue, and I would say that the club maybe haven't handled that quite so well, as you know they've, they've remained fairly silent. In fact, totally silent so far on the, you know the the SFA report that came out last week on the historical child abuse. Now, I mean, I put a tweet out when the report came out. I had a sort of a quick skim over it when it came out, and the first thing I noticed. Uh, Rangers were mentioned more times than Celtic in the report, and I was, I was just like, "Well, why is that? You know, why why are we getting mentioned?" And I kind of went to Twitter with that sort of saying, "I don't know if I'm quite happy with this." But then you start, you, I ended up deleting the tweet. I thought, "Right, I'm not getting involved in this because some of the replies I wasn't agreeing with." And I just thought, "You know what? This is actually a human story. There's other things to worry about." Mm-hmm. But I do understand why some supporters aren't quite happy about some of the things in the report, uh, and you know, other other clubs' involvement and all that kind of thing. However. The primary focus from the report, from a Rangers point of view, should be about Rangers. And the, the you know, the, the Rangers are, are named in the report. I've, I've not read all the allegations and and all that kind of stuff. But you know, it's fairly damning stuff. I think from from what I've read uh, in the media and stuff like that, you would have expected that, given you know, every football club in the country knew this was coming. You know, it's been delayed for two two and a half years. You know, we we knew this was coming. I would imagine that clubs, as I think John pointed out on Sunday night, you know, when it comes to these kind of reports, the main stakeholders tend to get, you know, a copy beforehand to allow them to prepare a statement. So to go five, six days or whatever it is and, and not say anything feels slightly disappointing in my opinion. Yeah, it's um, it's been a weekend, uh, like a long weekend of waiting for statements uh, from Rangers and we've, we've prided ourselves uh, in the last year or so uh, the, the people who are now in charge of the club, you know, are, are, are doing it right. They're, they're behaving like Rangers. Um, they've got that kind of dignity about them. They're playing their cards close to their chest, um, keeping their powder dry, etc. But this isn't a time for that. Even if they just tell us why they're not apologising, just say, just just make a statement because we're talking about young footballers and all that. We're we're talking about. Um, you know the pressure, and I'm I'm already feeling sorry for Nathan Patterson and, and what have you because of the the flack that's going to come their way if there was any kind of points deduction as a result of their actions. Um, you think about what happened to these people. Um, a young footballer, you know, a guy, a guy. We hero worship Rangers just now. We're hero worshiping the likes of James Tavernier because they've got something they're really good at, and they're doing it to a, a, a greater a greater degree. To have your life completely turned upside down in the most horrible way. And in the way that it happened to these to, to the victims, I know they don't like being called victims, they should be called victims, but what I'm trying to say is these people to me are real heroes. What they've done coming forward and talking about this stuff, you know, stuff that they've, they've, they've probably buried deep for a while. They've been victim blamed from the minute it happened by the perpetrators. Um, it's a, a massive, a massive, massive kind of damaging thing for them for them uh, in, in their personal life. And for them to come forward and actually talk about this. Um, to, to, to get this whole kind of thing out in the open. It's so brave, so heroic that I think the least Rangers owe them. And I mean, you know, this is a time where club colours just do not matter. Any victim of this kind of thing. 
for Rangers not to come out and 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 just say at least why we're not making a statement, <laughs> at least why we're not apologising. Um, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say insulting, but it's it's disappointing. It's very disappointing. Um, we really need to look at the priorities here. Everybody, I think the thing that's not being said is we're all worried that making an apology, we think that's what's happened with other clubs, making an outright apology uh, can then lead to legal action, you know, and, and maybe a loss, you know, um, damages haven't been paid. I don't care. Do it. Pay the damages. You know, we've, we've seen our club um, being, being liquidated, the, the, the company that owns our club being liquidated. Um, this is a, a reason that we should never we should never blink about having to pay money uh, for this. That's, that's the least you could do if there's any any kind of fault found at Rangers that led to something like this. And I said, the least we can do is come forward and just say something about it. I mean, I think even just a statement saying we're reviewing the report Aye. and we'll, we'll make an announcement, you know, in, 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 in the not too distant future. It, it does. It seems a bit seems a bit disappointing, and, and hopefully the club will. will come out with something soon because I, I don't think it can continue uh, I mean I, I saw Graham Spears bumping his gums about it you know and it's just handing these people the ammunition that, that, that they need to you know to, to, to sort of bash us a wee bit uh, but I think we'll call it a night uh, there uh, Alex so a big thanks to Alex and to, to Michael obviously who joined us earlier on in the show all the way from Belgium uh, give us an insight to tomorrow's opposition at uh, Anderlecht no uh, Antwerp uh, so big thanks to them. Uh, we'll try and get a show out on Friday for the Dungeon United game, a preview show. We'll see how we how we get for the numbers of that. Uh, in the meantime, guys, get yourself over to the, the website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Uh, and until next time, bye for now.